0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life Okay. We really hope you enjoy it.
1: Today, I want to talk about cultivating awareness. I think it's different than maybe what you think. And I don't even really know right now what I'm gonna talk about, so it's probably different than what I think too. So, you know, but but that's all I have so far is just that one line. Either cultivated awareness or cultivating. I think ing is good there, don't you? Cultivating. And and you know one of the things that he told me this morning is our household is a dynamic building. So let's. God is all about structure and boundaries in so many ways. So first off, just think about it. Right now we're learning that we have just some new language for an an internal activity that has multi-functioning abilities and multi-things in it that are doing different things. And I had to look up dynamic. Listen to this. It's characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. So you're in a dynamic building within yourself and remember, he's, I don't need to read all those scriptures, do I, about how it's, it's his construction process. He's overseeing it. He's the architect. You are not your own. And so what he loves to do is he loves to show us what's not working that we've implemented. And we implemented it for different reasons. I mean, we can I could list those all to you today for each one of you. We implemented systems for different reasons to what? To live our best, smallest life. I mean, like, we didn't want to hit our head on any ceilings or pain anymore, right? So we just realized this was, oh, then we get down a little lower, right? With each season of activity, it reduces our activity as a family system. And so then what's interesting is most of us were born into a family where you're the remnant. Now, see, that can either be a privilege or a curse for you. It's a privilege if you realize out of all the people in the world, he plucked you out. Yeah. It's a curse if you want your family members to support you do you see, it's a, it beca- creates a war within you. Right. I wish I could change that for you. Some of y'all just keep re-engaging with the thing that actually creates battle for you. I wish I could change that for you. I personally am going to live free. Yeah. And so I am smart enough to discover what tools the enemy uses to hijack me. And I just don't spend time engaging with those. Seems like a waste of time to me. I don't even really understand why we do it. But see, part of this dynamic household within you, I I wrote down this statement today, when we become congruent within, then we can operate in peace without. So when we become congruent within, within myself, I love me, I love what he made, I realize that my parts in here are cuckoo sometimes. They just think they are all, remember, they're all jockeying for what? The steering wheel. So depending on what you come up against, then something in you jumps up and says, I'll steer today. And then depending on how much I allow it, it will take me down a whole nother pathway. It'll tell me crazy stuff, I'll say crazy stuff, and then I have all this cleanup. and then people are just looking at me like calf at a new gate, they don't know who I am, right? Yeah. And I'm inconsistent. Yeah. See, the, the part of this dynamic family within us is that it has to, it is required to have more change. Yeah. Constant change. Yeah. See, my level of worship today shouldn't be my level of worship in 10 years. Right? Right? So something must be changing. Right? So my level of interaction with relationships, what I do today, shouldn't be the same thing I do in 10 years. We could say we should evolve. We should metamorphosize from our caterpillar wormy state to our true state of being a beautiful winged flying butterfly, right? That's the metamorphosis that he's inviting you to. It has nothing, the worm state's not bad. He's not inviting you to judge his process. He's not inviting you to have an opinion about whether and how He's working it out in you is good for you. He's not inviting you to an opinion. He's inviting you to a surrender. And to to the degree my yes is already in place is the degree that whether I enjoy this process. And see, that... Creates the ability then for me to see and be a more and become more aware of what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's just keep going. So, in construction, there is wood for doors called door trim. It's for baseboards and for door. And the reason why you need that is because every door that's installed in a hole has a gap. And so they said, all construction is about covering up gaps. That's why we have sheetrock. That's why we have caulking. That's why we have wood trim. So, here's an enormous door <laughs> trim. Everything that is to the left and right and above the door, I don't know if you know this, but if I if we took that off, that is a really ugly, jagged, old safe it used to be in there. You used to have a metal door there, and it's just jagged brick now. And so, instead of trying to cut that all pretty, Pam and I decided we would just make a beefy <laughs> door trim. Now, on another level, in door trim, in wood, they, they did this thing where if you were going to paint the wood, not stain it, they would finger joint or dovetail the wood together. Now, if you were to stain that, This hunk of wood, which was just a coal wood, another fancy word in the construction, just an extra piece of wood that they stuck with here because this one was too short this one was too short, so that we just stuck those together. This piece of wood and this piece of wood, they wouldn't match if you stained them. And you would see this jagged little, what they call finger jointed or dovetailed system together. Now see, take this analogy and that's what we are as the family of God. We're finger jointed by the hand, by the finger of God, together. And we were intended to be painted. And see, we don't look good by ourselves. And we don't look good if we decide we won't stain woodwork today. Well, I won't be painted. I won't stain. I like stain better. That, see that's what we do is we come and we say, I surrender my life to you. You can do anything you want it. However, uh, yeah. I I want stained I want to be a stained piece. You're too short for stain. Right. <laughs> you had to be joined together. You had to be grafted together yeah. into another system. And see, when I realize that's God's plan, God's plan said you need to be grafted in. That your internal family needed an external family. And so if I can operate with me, by myself, see, the problem with us not operating good in relationships is we're not good operating within ourselves. We don't know how we feel. We don't know how we think. We have just allowed the seat of passion that was just meant for worship and expression. We have let it dictate how we do life. And it's weary. It's so tired. Your soul was not equipped by God to maintain such a level of responsibility. That was your spirit's job. And see, part of your family is realizing, just like we've realized with God, that he has three parts, I have three parts. You have three parts. And when you force one of your parts to be in the level of authority that's greater than it's God's design, it will falter and fail. And the first thing that suffers is your health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next thing that suffers is your relationships. It's true. And so God comes on the scene because he's the great GC. Right? He's been out combining coal wood longer than you have been around on the planet. You're not his first piece of coal. Right? And so he's like, I know what you need because I pre-designed it. Now I will make a family for all the remnants. Because in a remnant's heart is they're dissatisfied with the norm. They don't fit with all the rest of the siblings that will just do it the legacy way. Isn't it interesting in this topic on boundaries for your soul and, and learning more about that, that he talks about legacy spirits. And he's, I don't even think he's a Christian guy. Because he's what he's saying is they've discovered that family lines pass down things that you your spirit attaches to and operates out of, and they didn't even know a name for it. Now, what have we called those all these years? generational curses. They didn't use the curse word because that sounds real negative. <laughs> it sounds real, real, real negative. So we just called it a legacy spirit. It's the same thing. So that's why a lot of family, like if nobody went to college, nobody went to college. If you were, a like a, that movie I watched, if you were a KKK person, then you just <clears throat> Be, you just re, you just found other KKK people. Yeah. You know, what was interesting in this little movie I was telling you about a while ago was that the lady, the activist lady, she was just as hot-headed as the KKK guy. Yeah. They just had different missions. They were both the victim. Both victims. But what happened with her was, it was so interesting in the movie, they showed how that you know they were in a, doing a little gospel singing, you know and the white people they didn't want to do the gospel singing so there's only like two or three of them that stayed for the gospel singing after this town meeting and all the black folks stayed for the gospel singing. they were having church in there. but when she looked over, she saw the little he that little KKK guy and what happened she had compassion for him. He saw it they, they wanted to present that in the movie. And so, interesting enough, the KKK guy, he had a Down syndrome child that they put in a room with somebody else, and the little lady, the little activist lady, she went and paid for him to be moved to a private room because the little KKK guy couldn't afford it. And she organized, he wouldn't sell his gasoline to any black folk, so she organized all, all the white folk turned on him, because you know what ended up having him. He had got compassion, and he voted in favor. It was the school segregation is what it was about. He voted in favor of it, so all the white folk turned against him. So what'd she do? She rallied all the white folk to buy all their gas from him. And he was about to shut down. So see what happened. They were both right fighters at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But compassion stepped in. It's one of our C's. It's one of our eight C, do you see, that changes everything. And so so what she told the little KK guy, guy is, hey, you're just scared to death, and you're a coward. In that moment, that he tore up his little KKK card. He's president. Because why? That compassion won over. See, that's what God is trying to say. He's trying to say, if you don't have compassion inward. That's why they, they uh, delineated those eight C's. Yeah. I mean, that's why we started calling c c c was because it was for creativity and clarity. Yeah. It's, it's part of the C's. You understand that? That God wants us to have those in operation in our soul because our soul is the seed of passion. Yeah. Our soul is the seed of emotion. So if our emotions are so captivated in protecting ourselves, yes. those exiled parts, right? then we're, they're so busy. See, think about it. The exiled parts of you probably are your spiritual gift parts. They try to get... We haven't got to that part yet, but they try to get out there and exercise themselves, and they got shut down. I'm going to use yours. So I was talking to Shooty the other day. This is just a good example. Y'all are going to crack up. And Shootie's the same one. And she's got that girl under wraps. Brenda is her manager. Brenda manages Bear, the same one, all really, real good. She just keeps her under wraps. She's got clipboards. clipboard. She's got big glasses. She's, she's keeping her in line. But the problem is, is that Bear is the creative force. She's the fun maker. And so... Pam kind of worked her sort of in a little, I don't even know what we're going to call it yet, but just helped her kind of see this other angle with what we're talking about right now. And so then she came in and she was like, well, Pam told me this and we got to this part and I had my mom come in. My mom gave little Bear some comfort and I was like, like, oh no. I said, you got to give Bear comfort. You have got to let Bear know Fun Girl can come out anytime she wants. And I said, well, what happened when Bear, Fun Girl? She said, well, I got in trouble when I was a little girl because I was dared to pee on the slide. <laughs> and I peed on the slide, and my parents found out. And so then to punish me, they made me eat a ham sandwich in my bedroom by myself while my entire family went to McDonald's. Oh. That was the form of punishment. So she has made sure Bear sat in the bed with the ham sandwich ever since. Now I said to her, let's look at that P on the, come on, Bear. Let's look at that P there on that that slide. And we cracked up. We really enjoyed, me and Shooty, me and Bear, enjoyed looking at the P on the slide. Thinking that was pretty fun. And so Bear has come back alive. And Brenda, she's gonna change jobs because see, she doesn't need to control Bear. And Bear doesn't bear's so little. She's so little, because that happened when she was little, and so fun girl got stuck in the corner. And anytime she tried to come out, then Brenda's like, get back on there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now it's just a great example. All of us have one, right? And so, what what is going on is that God is is teaching us to be aware of what He designed, but we have to love it. When I ask her, you know, well, how did you? How do you really feel about peeing on the slide? We really, personally. Both of us thought it was hilarious. I did. I did stuff like that when I was a kid all the time. I I see some of you are nervous right now. Um, I can feel you. You got your mouths agape, thinking that we're going to be pee, peeing on the slide. But see, what the what what is the point? Is the way that that was reacted to was so much greater than the harm, than the foul. So there was so much harm created that she didn't want to ever miss out on McDonald's again. See, because it's Bear. She was peeing on the slide, and she wants to go to McDonald's, you see. Yeah. So yeah. she made sure she never missed out on McDonald's again. But see, what ended up happening was then all the places where Bear could be free, she can't be free. She's stuck in the corner. She's this big. Right. She's in name only. Wow. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. So when we become congruent within, so this congruency is, this is how God made me. He made me to be fun. And I'm probably going to do some stuff that makes other people uncomfortable. But she's an adult now. Surely that can be regulated by her spirit, not by her manager or firefighter. They're not good at it all of that surrounds injury all this that we're talking about is surrounding these are parts put in place to keep that other part at bay and that other part has shrunk down and is so atrophied and it's so tiny and i guarantee you that that part of that creative part fun part of her i guarantee you That now that it's free, it's just going to look different. See, that manager part makes everything feel so chaotic and so shut down. And that's why she's worried she's going to make a mistake. That's where she got the black heart. All of it came from that one thing. Ham sandwich on the bed. Peeing Peeing on the slide. Let's read some scripture, shall we? Let's turn to Ephesians 1. I want to read um, 1 Timothy 6.16, but you don't have to turn there. Listen to this. Uh, Emily, I'm sorry, it's 6.17 uh, in the voice. It says, Fix your hope on God. Listen to me. Fix your hope on God, the one who richly provides everything for your enjoyment. Wow. Clearly that slide was meant for her enjoyment. <laughs> Right? (laughs) So that's what we're doing right now. Awareness of being able to fix my hope that God and my spirit, this communion and awareness with Him, this beholding Him, becoming like Him, created a whole world for enjoyment. We're afraid of enjoyment, let's be honest. Aren't y'all? I, I feel it in the room right now that y'all are so afraid of enjoyment. This is a that that's that's your little protector self going. Let's just break that off. Just in a little simple say so just say, Papa, I'm going to believe this scripture that when I put my hope in you, I fix my hope that you've made all things for my enjoyment. So I'm gonna be looking around. And what my spirit man, connected to you, wants me to enjoy. And I say to my soul and to my flesh, you're not the orchestrator of enjoyment. You're just the enjoyer of enjoyment. But you're not in the driver's seat. My spirit man's in the driver's seat. So we can have a free-for-all. Without condemnation, or guilt, or shame, or any of that. In Jesus' name. So see, that's really important to realize where the desires... See, everything about our soul is is a reactor to what our spirit's trying to implement. So my spirit man's saying, hey, let's worship God. My spot, my soul was supposed to say absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But see, if I if I've really catered to my soul, it might say, "I'm tired." Why do we need to lift our hands? That doesn't make any sense. What good does that do? I don't have a good voice. I don't feel like it today. I don't like this song. I don't sing good in this key. Right. Moo doesn't sound good on the drums today. I can't sing. Right. You see. You see, there's all kinds of things that are whiny little soul. It's the same thing. Papa says, I gave you this job. Go to your job today and transform it. You're like, I'm tired. I stayed up and watched movies till three in the morning because my soul wanted to get a... Do you see? And then we whine and our spirit man is going, hey, I didn't really set that up for you today. It's really that simple. It's just a delineation So as I become more aware of that, so where are we, Ephesians something? What are we going to read there? Let's look. Ephesians 1. Let's just start from the tippy top, since we don't know why we're reading it. My name is Paul, and I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy by being one with jesus so if you've been made holy and righteous right do we agree yes. then part of the next level of maturity is this transformation of our desires and delights and passions and all the seats of our soul can you see really clearly how your soul lives the smallest life it can can you see that really clearly great i'm excited for y'all's freedom May God Himself, the Heavenly Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace. So He's releasing what? The power to change. That's what grace is. Over you and impart total well-being. That must be why we're reading that. Total well-being. Total well-being. Total well-being. Wasn't it interesting in the book how they were, and I mentioned on Wednesday, they were talking about how a lot of sickness comes from lack of boundaries with our soul. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it great that we can actually figure out why, number one, why we don't have any boundaries with our soul? Yes. Yes. Right. And who taught us this other random way? Mm-hmm. See, I love God is that that He made systems, I said it a while ago, that just operate well together. Right. And see, that that when I choose to operate with Him in the way that He designed me, all things work together for good. Uh, Um, That's not, listen, that's not just a statement. You want all the stuff in you working together. And you want it working together for good. Uh, Let's Let's just go on and see what else is down here. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of of the Lord Jesus, our Lord Jesus all because he sees us wrapped in Jesus isn't that cool see now, what did I do to get the Jesus wrapped I said yes I surrender all that's what we did right right? Poor Haley, she was turning around saying if anybody's going to turn me down on that. She's like what, what? Look at her, she's like oh no I wasn't doing, I was doing something entirely different and she saw me. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. Yeah. Another good thing that our soul's real good at yeah. celebrating. Yeah. What would you celebrate today? Think about it. What's some news that you need to hear today that would make you celebrate? Well, let's just pre-celebrate. Clearly some of us are better at that than others. There's some people who didn't even participate in that. Oh. And, and in love, he chose us before he laid the foundation of the universe. The oh. yeah. Okay, so think about all that he did in this universal structure. Stuff you can't see. I mean, just in your lifetime, like they've gotten these amazing telescopes And they have gone, they've flown stuff into space. That's one expansion of the universe. But do you understand that you're expanding? You're part of the universe. You know, my first little rat terrier was 15 pounds. And now I have a little seven pounder. See, that is an expansion of the universe. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> See, where they used to be one size. See, everything is changing. You're changing. Well maybe one time your soul was really big, now it's it's getting small it's getting in its proper place. It's adjusting. See, everything's adjusting as it encounters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. It becomes more aware yeah. right. of the Creator, of what His plan was. Don't you know a little bit more yes. about why you're here yes. than you did 10 years ago? Yeah. Right? right? Are we all just completely great at everything that God has in mind? No. That's why... See, I I don't know about you, but I love new information that actually resonates with me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every bit of information doesn't resonate with me, yeah. right? But when it comes in, it begins. To, oh my gosh, I can see that. I can I can apply that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in me wants to apply that. Yeah. Right. There's nothing in me that's like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm just right. gonna stay the way I am. Right. I know none of you all are saying that. We want to apply it, right? In fact, we're actually a little grieved when we can't get it to the degree we want to. There's no reason looking back and saying, well, why didn't I have that 10 years ago? Why didn't I use that tool last Tuesday? Because you didn't know it. In fact, what you did last Tuesday made you realize you needed another tool. And so Papa says, oh, well, you ready for another tool? I got you one got you one in reserve so in love he chose us so everything about God is in love right Mm -hmm. everything he's trying to bring you into is about how much he loves you right you know just think about bear it's so easy to see in it on shooty how much does God love bear how much has shooty love bear not quite as much right bear was a problem child she wanted to pee on the slide that's a problem child do you see what i'm saying so when whatever part of you you've deemed a problem i i promise you at the end of this your manager has distorted what bear really looks like it's been going on for so long brenda had watered down bear so much That's what she called Brenda's, the manager. That's why I'm not, it's not a real Brenda. (laughs) Lynn's got all of her parts named too. And so, so whenever they distort ourselves to ourselves, then the part of us that God actually is breathing on that, God is really breathing on Bear, not Brenda. To come back alive, come alive, come alive, right? Right. To what? To operate it with the seat in the right seat of passions and desires and fun. Now, see, I love Shooty. She immediately implemented. She's this is really cute because when we were talking, she well, I just something just came to my mind, but I don't know if I should do it. Well, so she actually chose to do the thing, the fun thing. P on the slide that Bear said, and but then the next day it messed up some other people's schedules. And so then Brenda got right back in there. Brenda's like, see here, we've done it again. We've messed up everybody's schedule. And she almost slid right back in to that little corner spot, little bear did. I had to tell, what are you doing? Brenda's in play. Just the awareness, are you seeing where, just the awareness, that voice is Brenda's voice makes us immediately want to discount it now. Right? Are you with me? So in love, he chose us before he laid the foundations of the universe because of his great love. He's ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. Now listen, all these little parts that have been exiled... They're innocent. Let's wait for that for a minute. They're innocent. They're innocent. There was something that happened to them. Now the managers and firefighters, they're not the innocent party. They got their clipboards and They got all kinds of stuff that they've manufactured. Remember, because the goal of them is to keep us from pain. So those little guys, that are hidden in the corner. They're in pain because they can't be who God wants them to be. And God is trying to say to us, in His eyes, you're an unstained, innocent exile that He wants to restore back To its proper place. To operate with who? With the Father. To operate in what? Freedom. To be what? Passionate and fun. And we don't have to restrain and stick them all in the corner. We don't have to make sure they don't come out and embarrass somebody. Because see, the person that made you feel that way is the one that had another manager in play. Are you with me? So listen, for it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So think about it today you are being unfolded into the newness into his perfect plan. All those places where where someone who had authority over you broke down your systems and broke down ways that he made you to be, he's restoring that today. I'm just telling you and there is going to be a whole generation that this is restored in them because they don't understand how to be fathered. They don't understand that, w- that what their fathers did actually injured them and it's really not them. Right. So, see, part of the boundary system with your new found soul yeah. is going to have to have some checks and balances. Yeah. It ain't going to be good at this. Yeah. Right. Think about if. Whatever your manager name is, I'm sure you got 10 of those. And your firefighters, you know, they've got like, oh man, I got 450 YouTube videos for you to watch. The firefighters, like, come on, let's go watch those instead, right? Come on, I got gallons of ice cream over here in the fridge. Come on. I mean, they're always cheering you on, right? To soothe, right? Once your soul has relinquished control from all that in your real parts, Are in operation. They're not going to know what to do. I'm just telling. I'm just giving y'all fair warning. They're not going to know what to do. They're going to have a lot of free time. That part of you. Is the called part of God. If you would ever engage them the vision of God would never cease. You wouldn't have to ask him for the nations. You would be ministering to the nations. You wouldn't have to ask him for rent. (laughs) Anyway, let's read something else, shall we? Let me look at my notes and see if we have another fun scripture. Ephesians 1 11. I don't even know what verse I was on yet. What verse was I on? Let's just read this. It says, through our union with Jesus, we have been claimed by God as God's own inheritance, God the Father's inheritance. Think about that for a minute. You. Man, I see, I get this picture. That's why I realize that my life lived for God is God's inheritance. It says, I feel like this is really falling short, but it's okay. It says the Greek construction of this phrase can either mean that God appointed us, chose us by casting lots to be his own inheritance or that we've been appointed an inheritance. What if, let's just throw this out. What if just for funsie, that your anointing and placement of God is more about your yes than about just a pre-design. Right? Yeah. What if the pre-design is for the impossible? Yeah. See, we're all trying to figure out: Are we prophets or apostles or t? Te- are we all what office are we? What if our pre-design? You are sent to the planet to do the impossible. The restriction on me comes from this miss soul management. No boundaries. Just, just that alone. Let's just say that that alone would be a game changer. Where my soul would no longer act like that it was in charge of me. then all the parts that have been exiled would be exercising in creativity with the Creator. I feel like it would be unlimited in our output, unlimited in what we love, unlimited in what we produce that's amazing and excellent, unlimited in our relationships, unlimited in our supply, our funding, unlimited in obedience. It would be unlimited because it would be free, are you following me? It would be free to operate. Because it says, before we were even born, He gave us our destiny, our estate. That we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in His heart. Listen, God has a, if you could just trust this, God has a plan. You're part of it. It's not, we don't need to ask him that. You were made to do impossible things. You were made to come to earth and see where things don't exist that ought to exist. Right? You weren't meant to state the obvious of what doesn't exist and stop there and act like you made a prayer. If you go to work... For a secular company, even a Christian company, there are heathens working there. Right. Yeah. Right. It's your expectation. Why would we expect someone who's never experienced the love of God to love me well? So then, then I would have to have a boundary, even with people I work with. If they say do this and it's outside my scope of what is right, yep. I would be able to say, "Well, how you know you can make us manage this key different, but how about you manage it different?" You see, are you with me at all? So see, when we we have to learn to have boundaries and be diplomatic and think, it's a multifaceted world to exist in. So before you were born, he gave you an estate to manage. You have a whole estate, a godly estate. What's an estate? It's more than what we have. You can live in the tiniest little corner on that piece of land you want to and not even move into the house. It's got a big old mansion on the house. You don't even have to move in. You You can go every night and own all this estate and sleep underneath the viaduct if you want to. Right? So remember, we're talking about this dynamic household within. Which then translates to a dynamic household without. Right? right? See, that's why God puts us, our dynamic family within. He puts us with a dynamic family without. That's why your dynamic family within doesn't fit in any, just any old family. I wish it worked that way. I wish that I could say, hey, you know, your family of origin, they're going to get this tomorrow. They're going to call you up tomorrow and they're going to say, hey, we're going to fund your ministry now. You are amazing. Like, I mean, just go out there and do all that you dreamed of doing. Right? How many wish their family would do that? Oh, nobody? You're lying to me right now. Everybody wishes they had support, whether you want to admit it or not. All you're doing right now is thinking about how they are and you can't see it. But anyway, they had a revelation and they were changed. You would like it, whether you can admit it or not. But see, what God does is he plucks us out of chaos. Think about, let's just use Jesus for an example. Jesus had brothers, right? Did he have sisters? We don't know. He could have. They weren't mentioned if he did, right? And so, but Jesus was the Savior of the world, right? So I would call him a remnant in his family. What is? What did his dad go on to accomplish? We don't know that either, right? So see, think about characters in the Bible who had different experiences, and then look around their family line and see what happened. That's all that's happening to you. That's exactly, it's the same exact thing that's happening to you. Think about Paul, Mr. Saul. I read his story the other day. What was his brothers and mom and dad doing? We have no idea. He had them. Right? He had a mom and dad. Agreed? So see, what you have to remember is that when God finger-joins us together, it's intentional because the things that go together from God's perspective go together. Right? Right? And they go together for a different reason than just to make you feel safe. Do they make you feel safe? They should. But they're not for that reason. That's a given. They're for you to fulfill the call of God on your life. That's why he made our parts here to go together. I don't know if you know this, but there's... My heart needs my lungs. Because my heart doesn't do the same thing my lungs does. My stomach is hungry. It needs food, right? It needs and then my brain needs the food in my stomach right. to think, right? right? It's the same way in the body in the church in the dynamicness of this ever expanding body of that you brought your little three parts into a multi part family, right? Yeah. And so if I'm not operating in my parts internally well, then when I step into my family. My spiritual family, the God-designed supernatural family to cause my anointings to rise up. That's what they yes, should be doing anyway. Yes. If, I am, if, if I have shunned Bear to the corner for peeing on the slide, mm-hmm. then, then the family is going to miss out on Bear. Right. Right. Yeah. So here's the next step. When Bear comes to, to visit now, she's just going to see if she can stay for a while you're going to experience shooty different. I'm just just trying to help you. And this is going to happen with you. It's going to happen with who you're in relationship with. And so you have to begin to have this kind of language. I'm just becoming awakened that I've had Sally Sue in exile. And this is what I think Sally Sue is supposed to do. She's not good at it. So that, why? So that the other members of the family know what's going on. Because see, we're going to still be treating you like you told us to, like your Brenda told us to. All your Brenda's, your managers and your firefighters, you got a firefighter name? Not yet. You got a firefighter name. Nobody. Anybody got a firefighter name? What'd you got? Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn, the firefighter, she's going to be coming up with ideas. She's going to be coming up with ideas. She's going to be texting me two-minute voice memos with Evelyn ideas all day. And I'm going to have to be like, is this Evelyn or Breezy or... or? Have you found your any exile parts yet? Yeah. You got names for those yet? No. Okay. So I my job is to be like, wait, I don't think yeah. that. Uh-huh. But see if when she joins up, are you following me at all? Yeah. When she joins up with the process and she's like, hey, this is Evelyn, and I know it's Evelyn, but let me tell you what Evelyn's saying because I may that's maybe Evelyn's probably real, yeah. really well versed. Yeah. Yeah. Are you following me at all? Yeah. So I'm trying to prepare you for what it looks like to interact with healing with your new self and with your new... We're all doing it at the same time. We could just all wait on the sideline and just let Tessa go first. And then we'd all be really comfortable and Tessa, we would know what's going on. We would describe it for Tessa. We'd find out if she ever peed on the slide. We would know everything, right? Are you following me? But see, we're not doing that. We're all doing it. So it's going to be awkward. Fun. Uh, Personally, I think it's fun. But you have to remember this. You have to have grace. You have to have grace. Extra grace. You thought you needed grace before. This is going to be unusual. Because you're going to have all these tiny little parts coming out. I want to have a voice now. Are you with me? Yeah. I love this, though. He says in Psalm 16, He is ever-present with me. At all times He goes before me. I will not live in fear or abandon my calling because He's at my right hand. So this is really what this is about, I'm just telling you, is that God knew that those managers and firefighters were not sustainable. He just has given us some language for it. Yeah. Because he wants the true you, the true bears in all of you to come up to the surface, get restored, be put in their proper place, understand the call of God on their life and be able to function in it and be able to function within the family, right? I want to read this last little thing before Mendel comes. I said that I had read the story of um, Paul, Saul. Now remember, he was a zealot for God. And if you read his story in Acts 9, I encourage you to read it this week, where he had gone and he had gotten an edict to be able to kill people. It's cool, huh? That's a cool society, isn't it? We went before all the leaders and magistrates and they said, Yep, we'll give you permission to kill them. Everybody's always been wanting to kill the Jews. I watched another movie about Jewish people this week. Anyway, about the Holocaust. Anyway, but this is what I loved. Whenever Paul um, met up with Ananias, this is what he said to him. The Lord said to Paul, verse 11, Go once to a street called Abundance. And listen to what um, Brian Simmons said. He said, it's translated from the Aramaic either Fat Street or Straight Street. He says it's the straightest street in the city. This is the main east west thoroughfare through Damascus, which is known today as this big long name. Damascus was only 190 miles north of Jerusalem. In 217, 2017, had a population of 2 million and considered to be the oldest continually inhabited city in the world. Many remnants of the Roman occupation, including two-thirds of the walls of the city, can still be seen today. The conversion of Saul, the legalist, into Paul, the grace preacher, has a significant lesson for us. We can be amazingly wrong while thinking we're doing right. Right. The Holy Spirit awakens our hearts to feast on Jesus, our righteousness. Religion has a deadening effect on our hearts. Like Saul, we all have to fall off our high horse and bite the dust before our blinded eyes can see. So just keep that in mind that this is a season where God is inviting you into an abundance but there may be something that's actually that you're blind to that he is wanting. Just don't, don't, don't delay because this is a season of grace on it. Otherwise we'll fall off our high horse. Right. Come on, Mendel.
0: Such a good word. I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit, Papa, and Jesus are really, really excited about what we are entering into that that Tisa was talking about. And as I was listening to her today, I could tell that the Holy Spirit wanted me to share what he told me yesterday in my personal encounter with him, and sort of just to to just speak this word over you. And it goes along with what Tisa was saying, I realize now. Um but the Holy Spirit is so excited, the Godhead, is so excited about what's to come in each of us. And um, the, the idea that Tisa mentioned at the beginning of the service about our awe and wonder, it's, that's what's on his mind. Because there's so much that he knows is going to impact your soul when your soul is freed to experience Him and experience the world and life that He gave us the way He intended it to. And there's we're, it's going to be filled with awe and wonder and just delight and enjoyment in a way we've we've never experienced before. So I just want to read what the Holy Spirit told me yesterday and, uh, and release it over you um, as we wrap up this service and, and move on into our next week as we I'm sure we'll all be learning and experiencing new ways that our protectors our managers and firefighters and exiles are coming to the surface. Right? So just keep this word in mind as that happens. So the Holy Spirit said, Oh, the glories and the wonders they never cease. I see the way that they touch the human soul and spirit. What delight lies ahead for those who seek? What joy, what wonder? We, the three, are giddy with anticipation. We have been anticipating and dreaming of this moment for so long. In fact, the smile that you saw on our faces years ago was in part in response to this moment right now. Oh, we saw all the commotion, all the efforts, of your remarkable soul what a grand design What truly masterful artistry the human soul triumphant resilient such strength and beauty how beautiful truly we applaud you we applaud you for all you've done for all of your trying for all of your fighting Let this this message speak to all of your managers and firefighters, okay? We applaud you for all you've done, for all of your trying, for all of your fighting, for all the times you got back up and kept on fighting, for all the times you stomached the pain when faced with yet another day of more of the same, for all the times you agreed to try a new way, for all the ways you changed, what you really wanted to say. For all the times you went ahead and did it the hard way. For all the times you stayed when everything inside you told you to run and hide. For all the times you held your breath and hoped that something would be different when you took your next. We applaud you. We stand for you now in a divine standing ovation. You ran this leg of the race with true endurance, squeezing out every ounce of your own strength. We know it wasn't easy. We know it was hard. We know it was draining. We captured every tear and felt every fearful beating of your heart. We saw your angst and the knots that filled you so many days. We saw you. We heard you every step of the way. You've come so far, and now it's graduation day. You've reached the end of your trying, the end of your own strength. It's graduation day, and we have so much to show you, so much to say. I'm shining the light on the hidden things. I'll take you with me soaring over your landscape i'll show you every valley every mountain every grass-filled plain every tucked away garden space you'll see from new heights you'll learn of the weightlessness of flight yes weightlessness today you're graduating into my strength gravity itself is now beneath you. Instead of climbing, you'll now be gliding. Instead of striving, you'll be soaring on wings of light. You've never known a strength like this. You've never felt how weightless you've actually always been. In our embrace, you'll find the simplicity of life. You'll find your winning without raising a fist in the fight. You'll be breathing glory instead of gasping for breath in this life. Today, we make you this vow. From here on forward, we'll do the managing and firefighting. We'll be the ones to protect your vulnerability. We'll call all the exiles out of hiding. We'll calm their fears and comfort them through the night. We'll listen and really hear their concerns and plights. We'll tend to each one, not missing a moment in time. We will be their healing and restore them to their rightful life. So rest now, rest now, knowing you've done your best. Your season of self-sustainment is over. We uncovered the truth behind this lie, and now you've seen the light. It's time for your self-made protectors to retire and be restored to living like a child. So Papa, I just want to say thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you that you've always known the delight that we would experience, the awe and the wonder and the joy when our soul was truly set free to partner with your spirit like you always intended. Thank you that you saw this moment in time coming from the moment we first said yes to you and invited you in. Thank you that you've been planning it. You've been strategizing and and leading us to this very point in time all because you want us to experience the joy of living with you and the freedom of our soul getting to be connected with you and with others in the way you always intended it to. So thank you for this vow that you've made us today. Thank you for standing guard over every vulnerable place in us. Thank you for doing all that's necessary to give us unveiled eyes to live this life the way you always designed. So I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just secure this word, this message, what you're unfolding for us right now to understand in this season, that you would just stand guard over it, that you would place a guard over it, this new revelation. I ask that you would infuse each person's soul and spirit with courage, with patience, with hope. And I know that you are constantly reassuring us along the way. So we just thank you for who you are. You are the perfect one to walk us through this process. And so we say yes to your ways, yes to this this season and to this graduation day. And we love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just have to add one other thing. This verse I've been on in Song of Songs lately, and we actually started writing a song that includes it, but in Song of Songs 7, there's a part where the bridegroom king says now i will arise and ascend and take hold of you with my power and i will possess every part of my fruitful bride so i've been on that verse for a while now but this has a whole new meaning now he promised long ago he would possess every part of his fruitful bride and that's what season we're in right now